Welcome to the resource room. I'm Amanda, the blogger and TPTer behind the Primary Gal. As a special education teacher, you are always supporting others, students, parents, general education teachers. But who is supporting you? That's where this podcast comes in. It's my mission to give you the help and support that you need. I'll be sharing my tips, tricks, research-based strategies, and professional development. I'm here to help you grow and learn as a resource room teacher. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Well, hello, hello, and welcome back to the Resource Room Podcast, where today we will be talking all about your calendar. Who would have thought such an exciting topic would be the the subject of a whole podcast episode, your calendar. However, I really, really think that your calendar is something that will make you or break you as a special ed teacher. Your ability to get yourself organized, get yourself planned in advance is important. So my first tip, the first thing I preach this every single summer is to find a calendar that works for you and don't succumb to peer pressure. So for me, this is just me being fully honest and transparent. Several years ago, I thought, you know, Amanda, it is 2019 or 2020 or whatever it is, you need to be using a digital calendar. Why are you using a paper pencil calendar? I tried it and I failed. I am not a digital girl. I will use it when I have to, like Google Calendar for inviting people to annual case conferences or initials. I can do that. But for me, what I am going to look at every day is a desk calendar or a a regular calendar book laying on my desk every morning. That is my style. I am not a digital girl in a way, I guess. So for me, my first thing, my first soapbox moment is choose a calendar that works for you. One struggle that I have had is that The calendars that are out there are like these big mama calendars that have a day or a page for every day of the week or every week of the year, whatever it is, and they're huge. I don't need all of that. I don't use all of that. And that to me is just bulky. A desk calendar I like, but then they're bigger and I can't like take them to a meeting in my uh, IEP meeting bag. So for me... I really struggled to find something that, and this is going to sound silly, was cute, but also served the purpose that I needed. So over the years, I've tried lots of different things, and I've learned for myself that I need something that is paper pencil. I need something that is light so that it can serve the purpose that I need it to serve. So I need you to start thinking, what do you need in a calendar? What do you want in a calendar? Because I'm going to tell you a few things that I think you need to write inside your calendar. And then here's the kicker. You actually have to use it. You can't write it in the calendar and never look at your calendar again, which I'm going to blame this on like being immature or still growing and learning with myself. That's what I used to do. I used to really want to be one of those big mama calendar girls, and I'm just not. So I would write all the things in January or August, depending on if we're talking about like a personal calendar or a school calendar, I would write it all and then I would never look at the calendar again. 
You can't do that or it's not going to help you in any way. So once you've chosen a calendar that is perfect for you, I want you to write the following things inside your planner. First, I want you to put your school calendar in there, your school schedule. So what days are you off? Those surprise little Fridays or Mondays that are snow days. What holidays are you off? What breaks do you have? Those kinds of things. Put them in your calendar before you do anything else. I also think you need to block off time for all of the testing windows. So like at our school, we have COGAT, we have iReady, we have iLearn, which is our statewide testing. We have iRead, which is a test for third graders. All of those are blocks of time that really need to be in your calendar so that they don't sneak up on you or so that you don't plan meetings for those times. Because for me, this is just, again, maybe in raw here, I have 100% scheduled meetings during iLearn. And so then here I am trying to run the show and do that and then kick everybody out by two o'clock because I have a two o'clock meeting that day, even though one group started testing at 1.30 or something like that. You know, just don't do silly stuff because you don't have things in there. So I get that school schedule and I get all those testing windows, all of the silliness that is going to interrupt your day or your routine or make it really challenging if you decide to hold a meeting during that time. The next thing that I want you to write in your calendar is the date of every single time that you are going to progress monitor throughout the school year. Every school, every district has different requirements. Some have no requirements at all. But I would like for you to add maybe every other week, every three weeks, once in nine weeks, once a month, whatever your requirement is, whether that be a personal requirement, something that you're kind of holding yourself to a high standard, or a requirement set by your district, put those in your calendar. So what I do is I put mine always on Fridays, and that doesn't mean that I don't collect that data on Wednesday, or on Monday, or sometime throughout the week, but I know if that is written on Friday, then I better be collecting data that week. I better be on the lookout for any time I can collect data in my group, or maybe I need to stop everything in progress monitor, whatever it might be. If I have it written on my calendar, it'll get done. But if it's not written on my calendar, it is not going to get done. I can promise you that it's not gonna get done. So take time at the beginning of the year to decide when will you be progress monitoring. Now, since you know all of your breaks because you have it on your calendar, since you know when you're doing all of your testing, you really also have no excuses for like, oh my gosh, I need to progress monitor, but right now we're doing our high stakes testing. I'm not even teaching anything right now. Well, girl, you knew it was coming. It's been on your calendar. You need to get it done. So make sure when you're planning in advance, you're kind of working out all of those kinks ahead of time so that then later you're not like up a creek without a paddle. The last thing that I want you to write in your calendar goes very much with what I just said. Oftentimes things sneak up on us and it's like, oh my gosh, that conference is due tomorrow and I haven't done anything or that conference is next week and I haven't even scheduled it. That happens first off totally, totally happens. However, I think we can be better planners and avoid that. And so to me, that comes to using your calendar or using your planner, 
effectively and planning in advance. So I like to set a week where my job is to be looking ahead to see what kinds of things are coming up and schedule those meetings. So if I have any due dates within the next month or from now until the next scheduling time, I'm gonna be scheduling that conference. We all know some parents you call and you say, hey, I need to schedule a meeting. You pick a date and time, it's all good. Others, you send a fax, you send a letter, you just call them, you do all the things and they never, never get back to you. Scheduling those conferences, obviously, can be a little harder. So it might take a couple of days of trying or, you know, sending a note home with the kid or whatever it might be. Either way, block off where that first week of the month or maybe the last week of the previous month, whatever you prefer, you are going to be just scheduling those conferences. Then the next week, I can work solely on assessments. Now I know when all of those meetings are, They're all planned out, they're put into the computer, all of the things. Now you can start moving towards assessing those students and actually preparing for the meeting. Um, If you listened to last season of the podcast, you know that I really only work on paperwork and IEPs on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So for Tuesday and Wednesday of that week, my job is to get those assessments done. So what I'm looking at is all of the people that I'm going to have to hold a meeting on for the next month. And I'm going to make sure I assess them that week. Then after I do those assessments, then the next week, the only thing that I'm going to be worrying about is writing their present level and getting a draft of their IEP. The beauty of that is that I am never scrambling. I'm never worried of like, oh my gosh, that conference is tomorrow and I haven't even assessed the student. I haven't sent any surveys. Oh my goodness, I haven't done anything. Well, if I haven't done anything, then I also haven't followed my plan. I haven't done what I've said. So for me, breaking it up and doing all of those phone calls and then all of those assessments, all of that drafting makes that month so much easier. And to be fully honest and transparent, some months are worse than others because we all know that there's like one or two months of the year where it's like, how do we have so many conferences at this time of year? And then you have another month where you're like, "Hmm, when was the last time I had a conference? Because it's been a while. It happens. You just have to plan accordingly. If you foresee, oh my goodness, April is a really heavy month for me. Maybe you back it up and you're not looking a month in advance. Maybe you're looking like six weeks in advance so that if it does take you a couple weeks to get those drafts written, you have a couple of weeks. If it takes you a little while to get those assessments done, great, you have the time. That is 100% your choice. What I'm encouraging you to do is to really, really plan ahead. Schedule what needs to be scheduled in advance, get those assessments done, start writing drafts, and then hold those meetings where you're not panicked, you're not scrambled. Actually, you've been ready for like two or three weeks now because you have all of your ducks in a row. As you may already know, I have been working on a planner just for us, just for those wonderful special ed teachers of the world who can't seem to find a planner that works for them. So if any of what I said at the beginning of this episode where I was saying, you know, 
this didn't work, that doesn't work, I didn't want a big mama planner, then I have the planner for you. And I will link it in the show notes of this so that if you're interested, you wanna take a look at it, you can grab a planner that was made for us. Next week, I will see where we will be talking all about what to do in a resource room. See you then. Well, my friend, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to the Resource Room Podcast. I truly, truly love to help and support other special ed teachers. Because of that, I run a Facebook group just for us. Search the Resource Room and request to join. You can also check out my website, theprimarygal.com, for blog posts, pictures, and more information. Until next time, have a great week.